Trigger warning, this video includes content about suicide. What's up, everybody? I'm Dominique. And I am Brandy, and we are your host of Hey Fave, a weekly podcast where two best friends get together and talk about everything and nothing at the same time. What is going on with you guys? Hello, people. I hope you're well. Yes. If you, if you are watching, you see we have a guest today. Yay! Um, so, you know, we mentioned you know, we've mentioned her a couple of times, and we figure mm -hmm. since is suicide prevention month this is like the perfect opportunity to have her on we have the privilege of being joined by miss kimmy huntley who Yay. is a licensed clinical mental health counselor good job yes, yes. <laughs> oh welcome, to the show. welcome. thank you thank, thank you for joining us um how are you i am i'm content today Awesome <laughs> sauce. Awesome. I'm pretty satisfied today. Yes. That's better than the typical good. I know. What is yeah. it? How does that translate? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, you know, we don't want to uh, keep you too long. So, we're going to get right on into this so the people yeah. can get all of the good information from you today. Mm -hmm. um, so, like we said, you are a licensed counselor. Mm -hmm. What made you want to go into that and like become licensed and all of that? Uh, good question. Um, I don't actually, I wasn't looking into uh, being a counselor or a therapist at all. Mm -hmm. I went to grad school for rehab counseling. So I was helping people with disabilities find employment. That was my job. Oh. And then I worked at an agency um, and my supervisor was, she kind of, you know, proposed to me, Hey, would you like to pursue your licensure in counseling? I'll pay for for your supervision um and so i was like let me get back to you and so i talked to a colleague and they were like kimmy do it yes what are you doing and so it was one of those things where i was like okay what the heck it does let me just go there's no expectation i can just have the credentials if anything so that's how that started but then when you're when you're in supervision you have direct and indirect hours so my direct hours are with clients so I met with my first client and fell in love. I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This feels mm -hmm. right. So that was the, I guess, the transition into that. And so, and created my love for counseling and therapy. So. Oh, that's dope. Love that. <laughs> and you serve people in person, virtually, both? Um, so now just virtually. So I'm only doing teletherapy for right now. Um, we'll see what the future holds, but I'm fine with teletherapy right now. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Makes it easier. <laughs> it, it does. Makes it easier it anyway. Does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I think a lot of people are leaning towards like virtual solutions for therapy and stuff because it's more convenient yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Especially virtual. like during the height. Uh -huh, especially during the, the pandemic and the height of like... Um, COVID, there was a lot of clients who preferred that. And so that's actually 2021, I gave them my office space. And so that was just the way to go. And so people love to just roll up out of bed, do their sessions or be in the car, not moving, but like in a session. So it's convenient. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, we know that you are also a huge self-care advocate. Why is that? Yes. So the, before this term became very commercialized and popular, uh, I want to say this is 2017, actually. Um, I'm first, I'm fresh in the field, so I'm thinking I can do everything. I can see everybody. Um, yeah. So starting out that way, um, I started to feel those initial symptoms of burnout because I'm trying to do everything, see all uh, types of people. I uh, didn't have a niche, so I was just like, whatever, whoever you got, I got. Um, so that was when I was talking to my supervisor and I was telling her how I started to feel stressed a little bit. And she was the one that kind of shared with me, well, what do you do to like relax yourself, you know, for self-care? And I'm like, what is self-care? So she explained that to me. And so working out became my thing. And so that's when I started to incorporate that into my week and started to scale down on how many clients I saw in a week. So that was my interest in self-care and that's what made me more invested in self-care. And I reap the benefits of self-care when I'm actually intentional about it. So that was like the start of that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That is a, it's a big thing now with everybody really wanting to do self-care. Um <laughs> So many videos. I I watch personally a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, with I just want to see how people, you know, do their routines. And I'm like, oh, let me add that. I'm gonna add that. That's how that looks nice. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. That is good. Also, awesome. So what's is therapy a necessary part of self care? No. To answer that question, no, it's not a necessary part of self-care, no. Is it no. helpful and beneficial? Absolutely. But it's not necessary. Got you. That makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, some people think when they hear self-care, they automatically only think of, like, the bubble baths or taking themselves on, on a date and stuff. So mm -hmm. they don't yeah. even consider therapy as a part of self-care, but it could actually be. Yeah, absolutely. Now... If you're asking if it's necessary for self-care, no. Mental health, that's different. <laughs> but self-care, yeah. So self-care, no. And you're right. Um, we're not thinking of those things that money can buy. Well, I don't personally think about that first, right? So those things are helpful. And if it doesn't break your pockets, by all means, that's self-care. Mm -hmm. Because it's counterproductive if you go on broke in the name of self-care. You're not doing that. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> So I'm more on the lines of like, what can I do um, that really cost me nothing at all? And that's like self-compassion, like being kind to myself, like challenging my negative thoughts, journaling, uh, exercising, being around people that feed my soul. Um, you know, those things that kind of get overlooked and some things you already do, but you don't call it self-care, but it makes you feel refreshed, makes you feel pretty good, you know, things like that. So nice. Yeah. yeah. So would you say, though, um, prioritizing your mental health is an important part of self-care? Absolutely. Yes. Cool. Yes. Nice. Uh-oh. I lost my screen. There's a question that was not on here that I added after I emailed you. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think the idea of therapy <clears throat> and the importance of mental health is becoming more acknowledged and accepted more in like our community? Yes, the black and brown community, absolutely. 
Uh, but there is still more work to be done. Um, like us being clinicians on the front line, if you will, we still are, we still have a task and a job to do to normalize it and to make sure people know that this is an actually, or this is actually an okay thing to do. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. And a lot of people don't even come to therapy because they have a diagnosis. They come to talk to someone who can be a good sounding board, who can give them helpful wisdom um, in the name of health, healthy, um, you know, mindset, right? So, yes, I think we are definitely, we've improved, I'll put it like, like that, but we still have more work to do in that way. <laughs> definitely makes sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you um, mentioned earlier about um, just a couple methods of how you um, take care of your mental health with journaling and, uh, you know, being kinder to yourself. What are your favorite self-care tips? Tips? Okay. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'll tell you, like, exercising is so important. Um, honestly, sleep and a healthy diet is extremely important. I know when we're younger, we take advantage of that. We don't really think it's an issue because we just do what we do. But when you get older, when I tell you it catches up with you, it does. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'd rather you do it voluntarily than have to do it mandatory. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Sit down before you get sat down. That, that part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um. Doing for me, I like to do things that allow me to be creative. So whether it's doing my own hair, my nails, painting, um, things that lo- things that let me lose track of time, I love those things and allow me to be creative. So, um, but then also being around people who are supportive and speaking life into you, they those are underrated too. Like it's really important to have people who are supportive around you, because if you think about your your circle, your friend group. If you have a bunch of negative Nancys, I'm sorry for saying it like that, around you, mm-hmm. you think about how much that impacts you and your mental health, where you might question um, your abilities to do things because someone's in your ear saying, I don't know if you should do that, right? So you start to limit your possibilities and your capabilities yourself. So it's really important to have people who speak like around you. So yes, um, so, but self-care tip is to always kind of just like check in with you so even when you told, uh, even when you asked me like, hey, how you doing? I'm saying content. Like I'm constantly checking in with myself, like how I'm feeling. I'm not just saying good or okay, but like really Kimmy, how are you doing today? Like what's going on? So like I do that on a regular. So checking in with you is really important. And just self-awareness is key. You know, aware of yourself. If there's any change in your mood, any change in like your thinking, let's check in what's going on. So yeah, but also like, Figure out what you like to do, what feeds your soul, and like do those things more often to refresh. I like that. So mm-hmm. you did say, um, like when you're in a mood or whatever, or self awareness. Do you just jot that down, as in journaling? <laughs> do you do that? Um, not as much now. In the in the beginning, before when I was starting to get used to doing that with myself, yes. But I'm at a point where I don't need to do that. Um, not to say that's, you know, not helpful, but I just don't feel like I need to do that. But I am, I do talk to myself. Okay. <laughs> I okay, do, have meetings I, with yourself. It's yeah, necessary. I, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> okay, what's going on? Like, why do you feel this way? And so I'll do that. Um, so very rarely now do I feel like I need to write it down. But I do journal, but it's more of a um, 
journal when when I'm done reading uh, a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, okay. So yeah, it looks a little different now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited because Apple, sorry for any Apple just had a, a huge update and they added like a a mental health um part of our health app where it allows you to check in and tell how are you feeling today, it gives you options on what you can choose and it'll document it um over months, weeks, whatever, but it tracks how you are feeling. So I'm definitely going to use that. Um, I thought that was a great idea. Um, I believe they're going to come out with um, also like a journaling type app um, for Apple um, that allows you to just, you know, journal, put pictures in, things like that. Um, I think they are moving towards working on the mental health aspect and self-care aspect of of people just caring, caring more about people and adding those things. So I'm excited about that. Yes, finally. (laughs) Is that the Iowa 17? Yes, honey. I had to update everything, honey. It's great. I'm going to look into that for sure. Make sure I update mine. Go ahead and get them updated, honey. (laughs) Everything. Could you not not already do that in the notes or whatever? I can. I can. (laughs) But for some reason, like when it's dedicated to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It hits different. Yeah. Yeah, I I can. I can use my notes. Put some emojis on how I'm feeling. (laughs) I can do that until... Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like though it's just important to check in with yourself, just like see where you are, see what you're feeling. Whether you write it, just do it verbally yeah. or internally with yourself, digitally. Like it's just the important thing is that you check in with yourself and like identify or realize what you're feeling, how you're feeling, what's going on with you. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us, you know, we live life on autopilot. We're just doing, we're just productive. But I always say this, we are human beings, not human doings. So definitely check in with yourself. Um, You deserve that much. So, yeah. I like that. I feel that. So would you, would you say also, well, I think you kind of did say it, but I'll finish. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Evaluate, evaluating the people around you or that you let speak to you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's important. For your for self care and mental health, yes, health. for me personally, yeah, and for anybody, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, you know, a lot well, is popular now. Like, I'm no toxic people. I'm removing this, and I'm you know setting boundaries and all of that. Um, yeah. how important is is it to also do that with family? Like, are family members included in that? Do they get a separate set of boundaries or rules <laughs> or? <laughs> No, they get the same boundaries. Absolutely. It is hard to set boundaries with people that you know, and that includes family and friends. However, the actual purpose of a boundary is not to sever ties with anybody. It's to preserve the relationship. At the end of the day, I still want to like you and love you as my mom, my dad, my sister, my cousin, whatever, my friend. Right? So that's the purpose of a boundary. Contrary to popular belief, it is not to build up walls, the X amount, no, is to preserve the relationship. So when it comes to toxic people, which, you know, I've heard this term a lot. <sighs> so I want to see how I can answer this because I, I have a Christian lens when I, when I say this. 
So it's like, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't get away from it because like, if you call yourself a believer, we, we do, we are called to love difficult people and people who are hard to love, period. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but there will be people in your life who might be toxic, right? Whatever your definition of toxic is. And so at that point, you do have to probably, you probably should set a boundary, right? But you have to know what kind of boundary you're setting with them. Is it emotional boundary? Is it a time boundary? Is it a physical boundary? Is it an intellectual boundary? Like what is the boundary? Um, so at the end of the day, you can still love them or have empathy for them. Um, so forgiveness is another part of that too. So I'm sure that there are things that they have done that has caused you to feel um, some type of way, or maybe they did something that was offensive to you. And that's, you know, where that leads to forgiveness, but we're called to love hard people. Now, if they're toxic and they're doing things that cause you to come out of character, or they just make you feel very unsafe, and maybe it's rooted in trauma, you know, you want to definitely create a safe distance. I'll put it like that. Like I'm not, oblivious to the fact that there are people who are really hurt by people because hurt people hurt people. So you have to one acknowledge the boundary and then also create a safe distance, you know? And so that might mean I need to create space for me. I can't talk to you right now. You know, it's not forever, but right now. Right. But if you're ever in need, if you're on fire, I will pour water on you. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Uh, um, I don't know. No, I'm just if it, goes, <laughs> if it gets to that, right. So again, there's, you know, that, that's such a trigger word for people because it's like, but this person really hurt me. This person really caused me to experience trauma. You know, how do I reconcile with that? You don't have to reconcile with the relationship, but, you know, there is a point where you do have to forgive that person if you, you know, believe in God. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it's not, it's not an easy, yes. It's not an easy answer, right? It's, it's very nuanced and complicated. But I would just say, use your discernment, use your best judgment. If you need to create a safe distance from that person, please do so, right? Because if it causes you to feel some type of way, they're just creating issues in your life. Yes, you want to make sure that that's not around you a lot. I'll put it like that. So, yeah. and then, yeah. Is, is that what, <clears throat> is that what qualifies someone as toxic? Them making you feel unsafe or co- making you constantly come out of character or feel some type of way Um, yeah again I think it's relative like some people might say yeah that's absolutely toxic right Um, someone being very combative argumentative could be toxic to someone else right Um, so I think it's really relative like um, when it comes to that but no that could be a component of toxicity for sure yeah what do you do like (laughs) and I guess when you have you're trying to forgive you are trying to you know make peace or whatever like what do you do if that person or people you're you're letting them know what is hurting you what is bothering you and they don't want to change it like like how do you deal with that how i know that's it's not random but yeah like how do you deal with that that could be for either one of y'all like how do you deal with people who just it, they hear what you're saying but they not changing for you and that's that that's just what it is <laughs> yeah and i put it like unfortunately that's their right as well but again that's where the boundary comes in right so 
I understand I can't change anybody else. I can only control and change me, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So you do what you do, but I'm going to set these boundaries because, again, it's needed. Um, But they absolutely have a right to say and not change for you, right? Um, And so, yeah, you're going to have to take this into consideration at that point. Like, do I want this person in my life? Like, do I want them around long term? Do I care enough about them to where... I do want to have a boundary with them and to preserve the relationship with them at some point. Um, but yeah, cause that's real. That does happen. It does. I yeah. think that's where the frustration comes in because like I had never even considered, you know, their side, they do have the right to not listen or to not change, but we get frustrated cause we just expect them. Oh, if they care about me or, you know, if they, if they care, they will, but you, right. Some people just won't, and we got to accept that and deal with that. And yeah, yeah I'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but also, Brandon, you mentioned forgiveness, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes you, forgiveness requires you to forgive over and over again. Yeah. Like, one and done sometimes. Um, and so, yeah. And it doesn't mean that you forget either. Um, yeah. You know, so there's that. And I think. Um, because forgiveness is not really for them, it's for you. Um, so they can still receive forgiveness, even if they never change, which is hard, I know. Yes. But my hope is that they do change for the better, for themselves and the people that they love. Yeah, that's understandable. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, Bible. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, mean, we got to forgive so he can forgive us. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Huh. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. So I did mention at the beginning that it is Suicide Prevention Month. Um, is there anything like specific you'd like to share pertaining that? Yes. Um, so we, I think it really is helpful that we have more conversations around suicide. Like it really is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but we are no longer saying committed suicide. We are saying dying by suicide. That is the more mm. pro- appropriate way to to say that if someone has died by suicide. Um, because it is offensive when you say committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, and I think also, um, it's also positive. It's also something to note that it's not just suicide where you have a plan that you want to kill yourself, but you can have passive suicidal ideation where you just say, or you feel like life will be better if I wasn't here, or maybe my life would be much better, um, or their life would be much better if I wasn't here. Maybe I'm causing them too much stress, whoever it is. So when we say comments like that in passing, that's passive suicidal ideation, which is also you know, a form of suicidal ideation, but also should be talked about too. Because some people don't outright say, I want to die tomorrow, but they're saying things like that. You gotta you gotta you gotta pay attention though to that because um you hear enough of that and you gotta your red flag should go up like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. So hmm. that's really helpful. Um but I do have a list because I, I wanna make sure I communicate this because there are warning signs and then there's risk factors of suicide. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the warning signs are when they have a dramatic or when they have multiple dramatic mood swings, if you're noticing that their mood is shifting quite a bit, 
Um, if you're noticing that they're probably drinking more or doing more drugs, um, it's something to take note of. When they feel like they don't want to be around you, they're withdrawing more and more. Um, when they start to have their, if they're tying loose ends, like they got their affairs in order, if they're even saying goodbye, like I love you, I thank you for all the times you spent with me, you know, things like that. You want to be mindful of. Yeah. Um, reckless behavior. When they start to do things that are very reckless, they don't care about the natural consequences. They're just doing it impulsively. You want to be careful and be mindful of that. Um, so, yeah, I would say those things um, definitely to take note of when it comes to warning signs. Now, the risk factors in addition to that are if they have a family member who has a history of suicide or suicidal ideation, definitely something to take note of. If they have access to firearms, um, if they have a serious or chronic illness, uh, we see a lot of that um, with people who've been diagnosed with uh, chronic illness. Um, a history of trauma or abuse. Um, prolonged stress is another one. If they recently suffered a loss or tragedy, um, definitely something to take note of. Um, if they're intoxicated, and I'll say this because what people have found um, is that those who have died by suicide, at least one in five of them had alcohol in their system. So again, going back to the, the warning signs, if they're drinking more, they don't care, you're getting drunk, you know, just doing things recklessly, you want to be careful about that. And then men are more likely to actually follow through than women. Women are more likely to attempt, but men are more likely to follow through on suicide. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that's something that we have noticed trend-wise, um, unfortunately. Um, and it doesn't matter race. It's just men are more likely to follow through. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, how do you approach that? Like, if if you are, I guess, seeing signs, um, those signs, um, and people are close friends or whatever, like, how, how do you approach that? Um, or how can you approach that without... I don't know. Yeah. How do, yeah. How do you, how can you approach that? Right. So, um, <laughs> I, I'll put it like this. So if you're noticing that in someone that, you know, um, I would, I would, I would hope that you know the person and it's not just someone random, um, that you would feel comfortable enough to, sh to talk to them, but like, don't approach them as if you have the answers and you know what they need, but also take note of like what you're noticing within them and, you know, extend that like, Hey, I'm noticing this with you. Would you like it if we, you know, seek some help? You know, obviously you can let them know they can call or text 988. That is a, that's a crisis suicide line. And I okay. always recommend that you um, say that, you know, or leave with that. Um, at that point, if they're saying, no, I'm good, you know, maybe a close family member, uh, someone that, you know, maybe a parent or a close a sibling or family member, you want to communicate them, communicate with them too, to let them know, hey, I'm noticing this, um, because I think it's important to, if you care enough to get involved and to have people who love them get involved too. Uh, now, if they don't have those supports, if they don't have that support system, it makes it more difficult. Um, but if they're actively suicidal, um, what we have when you call number one, we have a, what's called a crisis intervention team. Mm -hmm. So if you call nine one one, you let them know. I need someone because I have someone who's in a, a mental health crisis and they will send a CIT officer is what they, they're called. 
and they'll come to the person. And so they're not going to send a regular police officer, but someone who's actually a part of the crisis intervention team who handles mental health crisis. So I hope that makes sense. Um, so if it gets to that point where you're wanting to do a wellness check or welfare check or have a CIT officer come to them, I would highly recommend that because it wouldn't hurt. They can get, I'd rather them get mad at you about that than, you know, you do nothing. Right. I don't need your permission. Get mad at me later. That type of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So Percy for me as a therapist, um, if I'm helping someone who is, you know, has suicidal ideations, I'm going to do what's called um, a safety plan with them. Because mm-hmm. um, if they're actively suicidal, I'm not waiting. I'm calling 911. Or if it's to a point where I have to do an involuntary commitment, I'll do that if they're in a crisis. And so that's a whole nother conversation where the, you know, the courts have to get involved. But um, yeah, if I, if I know someone who's actively suicidal, I'm calling 911. And so a CIT officer will be sent to their home. So, yeah. Wow. That is awesome information. That That's a lot of stuff that I did not know. Um, <laughs> so, yes, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Definitely thank you for that. And you said the uh, the 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 suicide line is you said nine eight eight. Yeah, nine eight eight. You can text it or you can call it. <clears throat> okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Was okay. like pe- somebody will be there to talk to the person on that. Yeah. So there will be um, a clinician who will be able to assist them and talk with them and walk with them through. <clears throat> them. Um, I have never called the number, so I don't know exactly what they say. Yeah. Um, but they do help. And I would say a small, very small percentage of the actual clinicians call 911. A lot of times they're able to talk to the individual and, and actually talk them down. So that's great. good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. So what would you tell somebody that is considering it, I guess, or that is having the suicidal ideations? Is that the right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. You got yeah, it. What, 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 would you, <laughs> what would you tell somebody that's dealing with that? Um, so this one's a little tough because sometimes you'll, you'll come across individuals who don't mind sharing, but some of them don't. They're private about it. So it's like if they really don't want you to know, they're not going to tell you, if that makes sense. So if someone is actually having, if they actually have suicidal ideations and they actually are desiring help, then what I would tell that person is to seek um, one, a counselor, obviously, right? Um, And so what I would also tell them too is if they are in immediate need, then yes, 988, right? So they don't have to be actively suicidal where they have a plan, but just even the ideations, if they want to talk to someone immediately, because if they can't get to a counselor quickly, then they have access to that. So that's always available for people whenever, right? But also to be able to eventually get to a point where they can see a counselor, because that's the hope. Because I would I would not want them to walk through that by themselves, because how do you know how to help yourself with a suicide ideation? And what are the consistent triggers that are causing you to feel this way? Um, because if you want to talk to a friend that you trust, I would highly recommend that, but you got to talk. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. there's, there's that, um, cause you can't force people to do what they're not willing to do. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
You're right. Cool. Wow. And then what would you tell somebody that's just on the fence about seeking <clears throat> therapy or counseling in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I would say is it's almost like you're interviewing. Like you want to make sure that whoever you are seeking for treatment is someone that you feel comfortable with. So even if they're on the fence, that leads me to believe that there's a willingness if they're on the fence. So take the opportunity to uh, interview your the clinicians, right? Ask all your questions because you're allowed to. Um, and then also ask people who are in therapy, like what has been your experience? You know, what are things that you would recommend that I ask the clinician? Um, you know, things like that if they're on the fence. Um, and then also do research too. I don't think it hurts to do research on that. Um, but that's what that's what I would say. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I do have a, a quick question. Um, mm-hmm. Is it better to go to a therapist who does not know you at all or <laughs> someone that you know? So for say, for, exa- um, for example, like if I wanted to come to you, you, you kind of know me. We know of each other <laughs> because, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, is it better to go to someone that you uh no or just a complete stranger someone who does not know you at all you can't be lying in that well you can't lie anyway but yeah well no you can't lie though yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so i'll put it like this so with um lcmhcs um we have a code of ethics so this makes it difficult because i've always had a hard time with this technically i can't i shouldn't see clients that i know because of the conflict of because of the conflict of interest is in the code of ethics. Yeah. Have I done it in the past? Absolutely, right? Um, but I see why they tell us not to. <laughs> okay. um, and it's not because everything ends up not working out per se. It's just I'm also the bill collector. So if you miss an appointment, I see you on Sunday, but you owe me for the invoice. So things like that. Anyway, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I prefer <laughs> that you... In my opinion, I prefer that you see someone that doesn't know you, has no biases at all, and has no buy-in, just can start fresh with you. That's just okay. me, though. But, you know, everyone's different. Yeah. That's understandable, <laughs> though. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, excuse me. Now, I know where you live. Now, you over here playing. You playing. <laughs> now, yeah, I know your family and friends. <laughs> we got mutuals. You over here playing. Where is my check? No. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's understandable, though. But I think okay. it's also good. No, that's a good question because I think it's also helpful if, like, you have someone that is already in therapy and you mm-hmm. feel like you could refer that therapist or they can refer that therapist to you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Okay. Now, I'm going to refer you now. You you got there now. You can't see me, but I refer you now. I know somebody that you can see. Yeah, that's dope. Nice. Yeah. Okay. You you got any more questions, Brenda? No, Before that I- was she's answered everything because, honey, I've learned <laughs> some new things and everything. Yeah. I like it. Um. So with this last little bit of time, why don't you you if you guys see my shirt? Yeah, self-caring, <laughs> one of these sides, and then you've seen us both in the past wear our other self-care shirts. Is, I'm not selfish. Is 
called self-care so can you tell us about your brand oh she's gonna go get the shirt that is i'm pretty sure that's why she got up the hoodie oh nice that's right there's new merch gotta get on that yes yes y'all repping the self-care over here so go on and tell us about the brand and you know all of that yes so yeah even though i'm not doing some active marketing still self-care bell is a thing um uh, .life. Um Self-care bill is more so geared towards promoting self-care, having conversations about self-care um, through merch. Um, but also I do panels, I do events sometimes. Um, I do speak about self-care at different events as well. Um, but it's really just a community for people to just, you know, honor self-care within. Um, and it's not the one that costs money per se. It's just really like how you feel about yourself. Uh, and ways to really honor yourself in a real way, mind, body, soul, spirit. So, yeah. Yes. Be nicer to yourselves, guys. Yes. You Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. And um, where can they find you on social media? So, Instagram at selfcarebell. That's B E L L E for Bell. And then um, www.kimmy.life, um, like I mentioned earlier. And that's for Subcare Bell. Now, okay. counseling's different. Um, that is www.huntleycounseling.life. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and we'll put that in the description so you guys can check her out. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure y'all do that. Uh, let's is see. There, there anything oh. else you wanted to share, Kimmy? Or are you good? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, I thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all for giving me the time and opportunity. So I appreciate y'all. <laughs> we finally got her on. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> it's been great. Thank you again for agreeing to do it. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Well, guys, ah, we finally got Kimmy on. We're excited. We're happy. <laughs> A lot of great information. You guys, make sure you go watch this back. Make sure you check out all of her links in the description. We thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Hey Faith. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Share with your family and friends. This is very important. Please share this, okay? We need everybody to know tips, advice, links, everything. So you guys, please share this. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify and all of your other podcast platforms. You can see us on Spotify and YouTube. Um, so make sure you guys subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>